You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena and pastor of Christ the King University Parish in Missoula, Montana. Prophet Isaiah tells us, people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. One thing that's been so clear to me in my prayer of late is God's urgent desire to bring many souls to himself and to the church. Now for us as Christians, and it seems so obvious that it's almost unworthy of mention, God created us for himself, we all know that. The entire purpose of our lives is to know him. We all know that intellectually as well. But though it seems obvious in general that God wants the whole world to know the gospel and to know him, on the level of the heart, it's one of the hardest things to believe. It's something that's hard for us to actually act on. Or that it means that for us, that we are involved in this spreading of the gospel. We recently did a survey at Good Old Christ the King, included some 70 people, I believe, and amongst those who were surveyed, evangelization, spreading the gospel, received the least interest of anything on the list of seven priorities. It was at the bottom, and it was not close. You know, more than one survey participant even said that evangelization shouldn't be on there at all. At first, this was super, like troubling to me. I was, I was in a bad mood. I spent a week sulking and just being irritable with everyone and kicking inanimate objects and stuff. And then I finally actually took it to someone who could do something about it, and I prayed. And Jesus wasn't as surprised or anxious about the news as I was. First, because it wasn't due to a lack of zeal that people answered that way. It was just a, a different idea of what the church is. The other things in the survey seemed more urgent. These were, the, these were the other things. Faith formation, community, leadership development, social justice, liturgy, and music. And then actually second from the bottom on the list of priorities was student life, our ministry at the University of Montana, which makes sense if you're terrified of evangelization because that's the primary group that we're trying to evangelize. Uh, I hope none of the students said that. But... Evangelization is one of those things that no matter who we are, even if we want to do it, even if we have a desire for it, we always, want to, we always tend to push it off. We push it into the past. You know, that was a thing that they did in the early church uh, when the gospel had to be spread throughout the world. Now the gospel is spread throughout the whole world, so we're good. Or we push it into the future. That's something that we're going to do someday, but we have other things that we need to do right now. I'm busy. The past four popes have all defined the church in this way. Paul VI began this, and all four popes are quoted saying this exact same thing. They say that the church exists to evangelize. The church exists to evangelize. Not that evangelization is an important aspect of the church, or that it's even an essential part of the church, but that it's the reason that we exist. That if we are not preaching the gospel in our lives, with our words and with our actions, then there's really no reason for us to even bother. It's the cornerstone. It's the rock upon which everything is built, and everything else is sand. 
the sense that if we build our church upon anything else other than the preaching of the gospel, then it's going to fall apart. And I think deep down we all know that. It's just hard for us to find our place in the midst of it. You know, we received numbers from the diocese about this past year. So we, we track each October, kind of how many people are coming to each church and each mission in the diocese. And exactly three churches of the 57 parishes and 38 missions in our diocese, three of them grew this past year. The rest are either the same or have shrunk. Now, thank God we're one of those three at Christ the King. We've grown. But before we start getting proud of ourselves, we need to realize that we haven't even grown in proportion to the city of Missoula growing. So really, we don't really get credit for any of that. So don't pat yourself on the back yet. But here I am, this whole first part of my homily, I've been talking about surveys and statistics, and I'm falling into this same sort of cycle of data-driven introspection and navel-gazing that I'm critiquing in my homily. So it's kind of meta, a little confusing. You could probably just ignore the whole first part of my homily. I don't know if you did, but start listening now. For all my preaching about evangelization, and I do it often, uh, since I've been coming here, maybe I've been going about it all wrong. Maybe I've been just kind of saying that word over and over and over again and thinking that it's actually going to do something in the lives of everyone here, including myself. Maybe you're thinking, from one of my favorite movies, I say, Father, you keep saying this word. I do not think this word means what you think it means. I do think I know what the word evangelization means. It's not because I'm special or because I've read a lot of theology, but because I've actually been evangelized. That others actually introduced me to the Lord and that it actually transformed my life. My parents, my mother taught me the faith. My dad lived it in his life. Growing up Methodist, my pastor... Pastor Mike Dexter shot hoops with me after Sunday service every single week and answered all of my complicated questions. The parents of my best friend who took me to every sporting event, I only got to play sports because of them. I probably owe them a hundred grand for all the travel sports they took me to. They were so generous. My religion teachers at Billings Central Catholic School who challenged me in my faith, they knew I wasn't Catholic, And they pushed into that and challenged me with real theology. Mike Martinson, Krista Kelly, Shell Hanser, my principal, my coach, who was a great witness in the faith to me. My best friend, Daniel Pearson, who was willing to give up his friendship with me to call me out in my hypocrisy when I was partying and I wasn't living the life of a Christian man. He was a real friend. When I started going to Mass and sitting in the back by myself, hiding, because I didn't know whether that was something I was really interested in. The Herringer family took me out to dinner every single week, and they asked me what I was thinking about the church. These are people who spread the faith. They preach the gospel, not just with their actions. We always try to say, oh, preach the gospel at all times and use words when necessary. Words are always necessary in the preaching of the gospel. We should live it with our lives, but we should live it with our words. They all believed in this one truth, and this is the truth that I want to ask you to be honest with yourself whether you believe it. 
that if we don't know Christ, if we don't actually know him, this is a question for us and that we should ask about all those that we know, that if we don't know Christ, we cannot have joy in our life. We cannot be truly happy. Do we believe that? Because if we do, then we ought to be spending our whole lives bringing all those that we know into Christ and into the church. And if we don't believe it, then just leave everyone be because their life's going to be a lot easier if they're not Catholic. If the preaching of the gospel is primary, everything ought to be subordinated to it. We ought to build our lives around it. So think of that list that everyone thought was more important than evangelizing. Why do, why do we do any of those things? Faith formation. Why, do we, why are we formed in the faith? Because we want to be smarter? Because we want to know things? No. Because that might help us more effectively bring the gospel to those that we know. Why do we fight for justice for the poor? For the underprivileged? Have we ever asked ourselves that? Why do we actually serve the poor? Because they're the Lord's treasured ones. And he says it over and over again. They are the ones who will welcome us into heaven. And if they do not welcome us, we will not enter. They have their dignity in Christ. And if they don't have Christ, they don't know their dignity. So we preach to them. Why does our music matter? Why does the liturgy matter? Why does, why does it matter that we go to Mass? Because the beauty of our worship, especially in our hearing and in our sight, is a window into the beauty of God. And the beauty of God draws us like nothing else. In some ways, it draws us more than truth, because beauty can't fake it. And so it must be beautiful. And in the Mass, we have the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist. And without that, Jesus tells us over and over, if we don't have the Eucharist, if we don't have his body and blood, we don't have life within us. So we put first things first, and everything else falls into place. It's simple. If we don't put first things first, then our whole life is a disaster. We've seen that in other elements of our life. Evangelization is the first thing for the church, which seems weird. It's like, if that's the first thing, if preaching is the first thing, what are we preaching? Well, Father Tyler and I have been talking about this, and over the next coming months, especially through Lent and Easter, we're going to be preaching in a particular way on topics that will equip you to preach the gospel well, to go out and actually do it. And we're also going to offer specific opportunities to do just that, to preach, to go out and talk about the Lord in your lives. So Jesus called four disciples in today's gospel. Four men were called. We heard the story of it in the gospel. Peter, Andrew, James, and John. In many ways, the four most important apostles were called today. And so, what does the Lord tell them? What does he say to them? He says one thing. One thing when he calls them to give up everything and follow him. And this is the one line. Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. If there's one line about what it means to make be a disciple, it's following after the Lord and fishing for those in our lives. Going out, casting into the deep, for anyone who has not yet heard the gospel and does not yet know Christ. That's being a disciple. Those are the first words of Christ. What are his last words before he ascends into heaven? He takes the gospel, the 
disciples out into the desert. And he says to them, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the ages. His first and last descriptors, the first and last sort of commands that he gives for us as his disciples is to preach, to evangelize. So that's our call. It's simple. Christianity is not complicated. We go out and we preach and we let the Lord who, who speaks through us in our words do the rest. So let us ready our hearts for action.